0: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's
1: message. Now, look there in your notes, and you'll notice there's a, a few verses that I have in here. And it's because there's a thorn in the flesh, number one there, under verse 11. You are going to maybe want to serve the Lord, but God knows whether or not you're going to be lifted up with pride. So sometimes he just kind of pulls the rug out from under you and keeps you humble. And one of the best ways to keep you humble and dependent upon the Lord is to <laughs> keep you poor. Have you ever wonder why you're so poor? Well, because God knows if he gave you too much, you won't need him. This way, it forces people to come to the Lord because you're always having need. He talks about coming to the throne of grace that may help in time of need. But see, if we didn't have need, sometimes we wouldn't go to the Lord. We just use the Lord as a crutch. You know, Lord, you just stay in escrow so that when I need you and a real problem, you be there, okay? So we want to keep them in our back pocket so we can use God when we want to. And God said, no, 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 you don't get it. He says, I want to use you, not you use me. So we think as we go through life, we're just trying to find a way that we can use God. Lord, bless me. This is what I'm going to do. Bless me. Lord, I need a $1,000 in the mail this week. So you run in the mailbox if your $1,000 came in. So, you just want to use God. And God says, I got something I want you to do for me. And if you will, He said, I'll take care of all this other stuff. He says, You put me first, and all these things will be added unto you. And a lot of people will, some people will not. But look at Letter B there, the motive of the Judaizers. Because you see, when you you tell a man that he has to do good works to be saved, and he got to stop being bad and all that. You automatically become a fruit inspector or a works inspector. you got to inspect what you expect and see whether or not, well, is he doing what he's supposed to be doing? In other words, uh, I look over here at Emilio and, you know, Emilio, he's been out drinking every night and running around. You know, just all these bad things he's doing and uh, flirting with all the women. You know, there's just no end to it. And so, Emilio, if you want to get saved, you've got to stop all of that. You've got to stop the drugs and stop the whining and dining and all that. Well, now, if he wants to get saved, I try to get him to stop those bad things. So when he stops those things, that's one of my converts. And I don't want none of my converts living like the devil, so you better straighten up and fly right, boy. And so you use that to build your own ego. Because you glory in their flesh, you glory in their works. And that's what these Judaizers were doing. They weren't interested in whether these people go to heaven or not. They are interested in getting numbers for themselves and trying to, it's just like a lot of churches today. They're not interested in winning souls. They just want to rob somebody from somebody else's goldfish bowl. You know, Hey, you got some fish. I want to get some of those fish. No, look at my fish. Oh, if they got more fish. I'll get some of those fish. Why? Because they can't catch their own. If you can't catch your fish and you want some fish, you got to steal them. So there's churches who thrive on just trying to say, oh, that Yankee over there? Oh, yeah, he's good for bringing people to the Lord. But he doesn't know how to take it deep. I mean, you've got to go deep into the word. And so we know the Hebrew and the Greek. I know a little Greek. Run the restaurant down here. But now, so I have here under letter B there on verse 12, the, in the bold, I want you to see that. The law, law uses fear to restrain the old man. But the Spirit uses love to motivate the new man. So when I was born into this world, I have an old flesh birth. That's what you see, my flesh birth. When my daddy told me to do something, if I didn't do it, he made me wish I had of. And he laid down a law and a piece of wood (laughs) on my backside or on my legs or on the back of my head or anywhere he chose. Wherever I was jumping. Have you ever had your dad holding it to your hand? And he's going to whoop you. And you start running in circles. You know, you're running around and around. Well, when I run, I would jump. Well, he kept to come down. Well, if you jump up, he's going to get your ankles. And then when you come back down, he's going to get your shoulders. <laughs> and I mean, just better to stand there and take it. I've never been able to stand and take it. I'd run for my life. <laughs> run for your life. Why? Because my daddy was going to kill me. But now look here under the word note. We're supposed to do what we do because, you know, God loves us and forgave us so we can learn to forgive somebody else. Why should I be kind to other people? Why? Because God was kind to me. Why should I be, you know, sweet and loving and all that? Because that's what God was for me. Why should I forgive you? Because God forgave me. And that's the way it's supposed to work. But note, if a lost man must turn from sin to be saved, then there must be a works inspector. For outward verification that this has been accomplished. If a lost man must commit his life to Christ to be saved. Then there must be a fruit inspector to accurately verify the internal fruit of the spirit. And the external righteousness of each saint. So that's where you get people in churches that say well I know he's not saved. How do you know that? Well look how he's living. I mean if he was saved he wouldn't do that. I mean a Christian don't live like that. And oh Aunt Susie. Oh if anybody goes to heaven it ought to be Aunt Susie. She'd give you the shirt off her back. Have you ever seen Aunt Susie's shirt? I wouldn't want it. But see, there's people who make judgments like that and says, "I oh, I know that those people. If there's ever been a Christian, it was it was my dear old Aunt uh, blah blah blah." You know. Well, that's what are you looking at that determines how they live, and how you live does not determine where you go, and that's what blows people's mind. Now, let's say for example, me and uh, Bob, me and Bob lives exactly the same way. Okay? Let's just say we're brothers and we live in the same way. Everything exactly, we do everything exactly the same way. But somebody told me how to go to heaven so I trusted Christ. But we live exactly the same. We go to the same place, do the same thing. And whenever I die, I go to heaven and when he dies, he goes to hell. You say, well, that's not fair. He lived just as good as you did. I know, but I did that one thing that's required to go to heaven. I trusted Christ as my Savior and he never did. So does it make a difference? Yes, it makes a difference. Now, that's why we want to tell everybody we hand about the gospel. Now, I'm four years older than my brother. And uh, I just wrote a little card to my brother because his birthday is on the 9th. Mine's on the 4th. And so I just sent a nice little note. I says, even though we've had a lot of fun over the years, I want you to know that I really appreciate you. You have been a wonderful, you know, gracious brother. And I said a few nice little things about him. So I can't wait to get my card back. You know what we did for about 10 years? Sent the same card back and forth. We were that tight, we did not wanna buy a Christmas card. And so finally, Betty bought another one because we would lost that other one and I don't know what ever happened to it. But we sent the same card back and forth for about 10 years. Ain't that right, Betty? Yeah, we did. It's so much cheaper. I wouldn't even send a card at all. But then I was thinking, well, he might send me a present. He didn't. But anyway, look at the next statement here. Number two, to avoid persecution or suffering for the cross of Christ, they were offended by the cross. And see, there's people who would get offended because when you teach a man is saved by grace and grace alone, that offends people because that's too easy. You've got to do something. They can't believe that all you have to do is just trust Christ to take you to heaven when you die and he'll give you eternal life. And that's all i got to do. That's all you can do. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You don't deserve it. God says it's a gift. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Because that's what everybody can do. What They can believe something. And so if they tell the message how God loved them so much and paid for their sins and they trust Christ as Savior, they can have eternal life as a free gift. But look there at the, the little small letter A. The gospel and the cross are used to mean the same thing. So we talk about Preaching the gospel. It's hard to preach the gospel without preaching the cross. Because the story of the cross is about the good news. Christ died for my sins. Where? On the cross. That's why he went to the cross. So when we preach the cross, that's what he did for me. He did that to pay for my sins. Now, I don't deserve it. Now, one cannot exist without the other. This is why Paul made the statement, I'm not interested in whether you were or were not circumcised because that doesn't save you. The only thing he wants to know, he says, is is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The gospel. Uh, Look very quickly there in verse 14 in your Bible. which says, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you glory in the flesh, you're glorying in a man's works. As though they have value for salvation, and they do not. So he says, save in the crossers. The only thing that he wanted is that you believe the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. The new birth. The new birth is what it's all about. And that can only come by the gospel. Circumcision cannot produce a new birth. Coming to church cannot give you a new birth. Turning from your sins cannot give you a new birth. Committing your life to Christ cannot give you a new birth. And people think that that has something. And they're boastful and proud of their good works. And that's what they glory in. I have not done anything worthy of salvation. What I glory in is the cross, because that's what he did for me. And so your glory is not to be in what you have done or trying to accomplish. It just will not work that way. Now, down here, verse 13 in your notes, the Judaizers are hypocrites. They don't keep the law, but they want to make everyone else keep it. In other words, I've listened to a lot of preachers. They try to get everybody to turn from your sins, turn from your sins. And they haven't. I was in one meeting where a man, well, he he got a little bit out of shape about something. And he let out uh, some profanity. Preacher. Godly preacher. I mean, he let it out. But he was with a bunch of preachers and thought that would be okay. And this one preacher that was in there, he looked at him and he rebuked him right to his face. He says, sir, I have my son here. And I don't appreciate my son hearing a man who claims to love the Lord using profanity like you just did. And I'm ashamed for my son to hear what and that just drained that. Right And He apologized. He was so humble he was so ashamed. But somebody was strong enough to rebuke him. And I was standing there, and I didn't know these some of these people. But this man spoke his son was there. And he was going to defend what he had heard. And yet, that same person was telling people to turn from their sins. And he was, he was angry, he was upset, he was mad, and he just let out with a bunch of profanity. Anyway, as we're moving right along, look at the small letter A, under number 3 there. They who are circumcised is referring to those Galatians that had been circumcised. Because remember in verse 6 of chapter 1? I marvel that you are so soon removed from him. They called you into the grace of Christ, into another gospel. Because there were some people that had been moved. They had been listening to these Judaizers. And they're just trying to get them to become Jews. Live like the Jews. And that's why Paul rebuked Peter. He says, you don't live like a Jew. Paul was saying, I'm not living like a Jew. They weren't going to the temple. They weren't doing the sacrifices. They weren't doing none of that stuff. And so there was a, uh, a problem there. Now, look at the next page. Top of the page, Paul says, The world is crucified unto me and I to it, meaning the cross was his divider. Our fellowship or unity with others must be based upon the efficiency of the cross. In other words, I can have good fellowship with those who believe like I believe. But I'll have to admit, over the years, I've had a lot of preacher friends from everywhere, but they can't be real close friends. Because I have to be careful... I don't want them to cause me in any way to tamper down any of my beliefs. Where I don't want to say this because that might offend them. I don't want to say this because that might offend them. If I preach the gospel and it's clean and clear and it's true, it's going to offend people who believe you've got to do something. And any person who believes you have to have evidences in your life, well, they're going to be looking for the evidences, and they use that to determine whether you're saved or not. Not because you trusted Christ, but because you got sin in your life. You must not be a Christian. Can a Christian sin? Can a Christian sin? <laughs> yeah, boy. Some people do most of their sinning after they're saved than they did before they were saved. I mean, you take, for example... What if I'd have got saved when I was four years old? Somebody walked up to me and says, Yankee, when would you say? Well, I got saved when I was four years old. Did you turn from your sins? Yes, I did. I was always behind bars and hitting a bottle. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember one time I, I cried. My mama came to me and I pretended like I was hungry and I wasn't. Or my diaper needed to be changed and I I turn from my wicked ways. <laughs> I mean, everybody has to get saved the same way. So if a, a grown man has to turn from his sins, well, then shouldn't little kids have to turn from their sins too? You say, well, what's a sin? <laughs> you did something bad. Who? Everybody sins, and you're going to sin until the day you leave this world. Just understand it and realize that. Now, under number three there, there's a little statement I think you need to underline. You see, only the new creature Availeth anything. The word some. This statement right here. Some wrongly understand that salvation transforms the old man into the new man or the new creation. Or that the old man has passed away in salvation. So some people say, well, when you get saved, that old man was crucified and you don't have him anymore. And so you're not going to sin anymore. Now you're going to live a life totally sinless. I remember when I was taking some kids to camp. It was on the Sunshine Park Expressway. We stopped at one of those little islands to get some gas and so forth. And the kids wanted to go to the restroom and get some little snacks. And a few of them come running up to me and says, Yankee, Yankee, Yankee. There's a guy over there. Says he, he, he doesn't sin anymore. Oh, boy. Says, you got to talk to him. I said, all right. So I went over there and he's sitting there acting so holy. And I says, uh, they, they, they told me that... Um, You mentioned to them that you don't sin anymore. He says, that's right. I says, how long has it been? He says, I haven't sinned in 40 years. I said, oh, sir, why don't you be honest? You're lying and you know it. I know you're lying. You know you're lying. I am not lying. Well, I kept on until I made him so mad. (laughs) He lost his salvation. (laughs) I shouldn't have done it, but I did. I just... I just can't stand it when people... Like. I, I did tell him. I said, now, you know, if you don't sin, you shouldn't die. I said, because the wage of sin is death. So since you live a perfect life, you should never die. And uh, I had some of the kids that I used to have at uh, the youth group down at Grove Church with Ray Stanford. And uh, so sun, Sunday afternoon, we decided to go down to the Coconut Grove Park. And uh, so this is Sunday afternoon, and the kids want to walk around, past out tracks, talk to somebody. And here they come. They come running up to me. Yankee, yankee, yankee. There's a guy over there. He says he's Jesus. He's Jesus. Oh, boy, I'm going to go meet Jesus. So I walked over there. And here's this guy, and he's got his long hair, you know. And uh, he's got on sandals, and he's walking around in his white little nightgown. And uh, he's acting real holy and kind of gliding along. I walked to him. I says, they, they told me that you said you was Jesus. Is that true? He says, yes. we holy, you know. we holy. <laughs> I says, would you do me a favor? He says, sure. <laughs> I said, would you pull your dress up? He said, why? I said, would you just pull your dress up just a little bit? So he pulled his skirt up. <laughs> I looked at his feet. I says, I don't see any scars in your feet. I says, can I see your hands? He knew I was getting that done. I says, let me see your hands. He showed me his hand. I says, there's no scars in your hands. I says, what tribe are you from? He says, what? I said, what tribe? What tribe do you belong to? He says, what do you, what do you mean? I says, well, Jesus came from the tribe of Judah, and he would know that. And nothing is, Jesus was God in the flesh. I, was going to, I should ask him for a few little miracles Do you like to fly away? (laughs) Anyway, the kids could see. a joke. Anyway, he had to leave. (laughs) It's like a Jehovah's Witness. I got somebody waiting for me down on the corner. But look at verse 16 here. Peace and mercy to those who walk according to the rule of the new creation. Salvation by grace, not works. I want you to look at verse 16 in your Bible. For as many as walk according to this rule. This rule is up there in verse uh, 14 and 15. When I don't want to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And circumcision or uncircumcision. Your works mean nothing. So in other words saying works have nothing to do with salvation. Only the new birth. Which is by grace. And that is what we should determine. And go by that. And that alone. And when he talks about it upon the Israel of God. See these were legalistic Judaizers. And I believe he's. if you go back to the book of Romans in chapter 2. Uh, they're not all Jews just because they call themselves Jews. You're, you're of the nation of Israel. But there is a spiritual realm. There's believers within the nation of Israel. The Jewish people. And in the book of uh, Ephesians in chapter 2. It talks about a wall being torn down in The body of Christ is made up of believing Jews and believing Gentiles. And they believe the same thing. So Jews and Gentiles were saved the same way. By putting their faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross for them. So you're not trying to make Gentiles Jews. And you're not trying to make Jews Gentiles. Look there in this verse. And we'll close with this. Look there in Galatians in chapter 4. Excuse me, chapter 3. Every Sunday morning we... Refer to these verses. See there in verse 26. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. For we are all the children of God by what? By, yes. by keeping the Ten Commandments. By being circumcised. <laughs> no, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he makes this statement. Verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. So salvation doesn't make you a Jew. It doesn't make you a Greek. That's why when I talk to a Jewish person. Because they, sometimes they think... Uh, you know, if I become a Christian, then I'm no longer a Jew. No, you're just a completed Jew. If you were Jew in the flesh, the flesh is still the same. God's not changing that. If you are a black and you trust Christ as Savior, I got news for you, you're still black. If you're white and you trust Christ as Savior, you're still white. If you're an Indian and you trust the Lord, you're still Indian. That's your first birth. But your new birth is not judged by race. So he says, neither he that Jew nor Greek, Uh, There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus, for you're Christ. And then are you Abraham's seed. So when you trust Christ as your Savior, you have eternal life. And that's the way it is. So in verse 17 and 18, the Apostle Paul knew what he had gone through. And when you read 2 Corinthians in chapter 12 and all the things that happened to him, He says, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, don't bother me and don't trouble me. He's not going to change his message. He knows what the gospel is. He's not going to change it. And he don't like people trying to change the gospel to the people he's won to Christ. Because that's like, that's his baby. I mean, he won these people to the Lord. He says, I am your father in the Lord. And so he says, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has the march because of the persecution for preaching grace. And he says, if, if I preach what they preached, why am I being persecuted? See, the persecution comes upon God's people because they teach you're saved by grace and grace alone and that there are no works before, during or after gets me to heaven Everything I have ever done since the time I trust the Lord and I was 18 years old, none of that helps to save me. Why am I going to heaven? Because Yankee Arnold trusted Christ as a Savior. I believe that Christ died and paid for my sins. That's why I'm going to heaven. So who gets the credit when I get to heaven? Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul said, I'll glory in the cross. That's the only thing I can brag about, what Christ did for me. My going to heaven had nothing to do with what I've done for him. I've been going to church for 59 years. I've been given money for 59 years. I have never smoked a cigarette, drank a drop of drink, and used a cuss word in 59 years. Or I could say 77 years. But never have. But that does not add anything to my salvation. If I never did anything, I'm still going to heaven. Why? Because Christ died for my sins. And he gets all the honor and the glory. And when you add works to it, see, it robs it away from the Lord. And people begin to take credit. And this is why whenever they notice, Lord, have we not cast out devils in thy name and done many wonderful works in thy name? He says, depart from me, I never knew you. Nobody goes to heaven because they deserve it. You're not going to go to heaven because you try to live a good life. We should try to serve the Lord because we're going to heaven, but not to get there best news in all the world. Look up here. This hand representing you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now God, He loves us. He hates our sin, but He loves us. And the Bible says for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. So there's nothing that I can do to deliver myself. I can't get out of this trap I'm in. To go to heaven, you've got to be perfect. I'm not. How will I ever be perfect? There is no way. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he doesn't have any sin. He loves us, hates our sin. He took all the sins of the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and he said, if we would believe he did this for us, he puts that payment to our account. So since I believe it, he puts that payment to my account. Now I got a payment for how many of my sins? All of them. Since I've already paid for my sins. I don't have to go to hell. Why? Because you go to hell to pay for sin. But I don't have any sins to pay for. Christ died for my sins. So that means that's good today. And that'll be good 10 years from now or 100 years from now. or Well, if Willie James was here, he might understand a little bit more. A thousand years from now. He'll never cast you out and never lose you. It's the best news in the world. Let's pray, show him. Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're watching by internet tonight, and if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust Him right now? Just in your own mind, just say, Lord, I don't understand it all. You may have some questions, some doubts. But a few things you can know. You know you're a sinner. You've heard that Christ died and paid for sinners. And all you have to do is the only thing you can do. Would you believe He he did it for you? You can't earn your way to heaven because it's a gift. It's free. If you'll trust Christ as your Savior right now, And God said he would save you right now and give you eternal life. And right on the screen it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you would. With heads bowed, nice clothes, and no one looking around in the auditorium, if you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, maybe you thought you had to live a certain life and be a goody-goody two-shoes. And you know if you're honest, you don't want to be a hypocrite and claim to be something you're not. Well, Why not just be honest and say, Lord, I can't save myself. And I believe that you died on that cross for me. And I'm going to trust you right now as my Savior. Would you just let me know by an uplifted hand and say, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. Just slip it up real quick, put it right back down. Is it one at all? There at all. Our Father, we do thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the time you've given us. And we pray, Lord, your will to be done. And, and we thank you for this church and all that you've done for us. We pray for a good ranch meeting tomorrow night and a Friday night soul winning. And, and Lord, for this coming Sunday. We commit ourselves to you. we your children. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge.
1: And every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.